Hello, and again, a warm welcome to the Friday episode of the Change and Evolve Letter. And it is about the seven rules for a healthy relationship reloaded. It has been quite a while since I published my, well, very personal seven rules for a healthy relationship series. And I do quite frequently refer to these in my posts. I actually wrote them, I think, more than three years ago, or at least I drafted them then. And one of my readers, and thank you for this, Ruben, inspired me to consolidate the separate posts into one essay, well, adding perhaps one or the other new insight as I go along. And here it is. And it will be probably an unusually long post by my standards. And it would most likely be possible to write a book about each and every one of the rules. But I do like to keep it short and to the point, and I do hope you enjoy it. Can it really be that simple? You just follow seven simple rules for a healthy, long-lasting, happy relationship. Admittedly, relationships are not quite that simple. Yet, if you take a few things into account and make them conscious and bring them into your relationship once in a, once in a while, I really do believe it can be that simple. So here are my very personal and probably very incomplete seven rules for a healthy relationship. And of course, it would be easy to just list, list them, but I thought it might be more fun to really just go into a little detail on my personal seven rules for a healthy relationship and perhaps even give one or the other practical example. So here is rule number one. Never go to bed angry. And going to bed angry can have several unpleasant consequences. First, you don't sleep well. Second, the anger usually builds up and gets worse. Third, it starts to eat you up from the inside. Fourth, your next day will most likely start badly. And five, you possibly start feeling resentful towards your partner. I believe the biggest issue in most relationships is, and here I go again, simple. In most cases, it really comes down to bad and very often even non-existing communication. And it is irrelevant whether you are in a heterosexual or homosexual relationship. And I think most of us know the following situation, or at least some kind of version of this situation. She says, darling, you look so stressed and seem to be in a bad mood. Is something wrong? What happened? And he replies, nothing, I'm fine. And she, but I can see that you're upset about something. Why don't you tell me? And this short interaction can start an endless discussion that can end in a real fight, leading both in a really foul spirit. And your day or evening and good night's sleep are probably ruined. So how about trying this? She says, darling, you look so stressed and you seem to be in a foul mood. Is something wrong? What happened? 
He replies, I had a stressful day today. My head is just too full. I need a little time to process and wipe down, but thank you for asking and caring, but be assured it has nothing to do with you. Of course, this kind of thing works both ways. So you could and should also consider a different approach. So when you see your partner is in a bad mood or you think your partner is upset, how about just giving them some space? So she says, darling, you look so stressed and seem to be in a bad mood. Is there something I can do to cheer you up or to help? Or do you just need a little time to wind down? So for both partners, it's relevant that just to tweak your communication a little, and this can make your lives so much easier. And I know this is just one and also a very simplified example, but you understand that it really doesn't take all that much to take the pressure out of a situation and to see things, well, just from a slightly different perspective. And communicating does not necessarily mean that you have to talk about every tiny little issue in your relationship. And very often, it is just about that bit of reassurance, the reassurance that the two of you are okay. And sometimes we do not communicate because we don't want to burden our partner and protect the one we love from something. But always take into consideration that it is rather patronizing to think and decide for someone else, even if your intentions are good. And on a side note, going to bed angry is never a good idea, no matter where the anger comes from. And depending on your very own personal coping mechanisms, when it is not possible to alleviate the issue at hand, there are several things that you can do. You can, for example, you can go for a walk or for a run. You can try and meditate. You can do yoga. You can just write down what's bothering at you and at least get it out of your system that way. You can even talk to yourself about it, but just don't expect a reply. You could call a friend or whatever else may help you to sleep peacefully. Relationships can be so very difficult and trying at times. And one of the most challenging things is rule number two. Address issues immediately before they escalate and being honest and open. Because not addressing issues you have in a relationship openly and honestly can lead to, well, one for one thing, those little things you don't say, they begin to suffocate you. Two, the things you once found endearing, they can drive you up the wall. And a small issue can lead to becoming bigger and bigger. And the issue summing up, with the issue summing up, you are risking to explode out of absolutely nowhere and for no apparent reason and risking an otherwise wonderful relationship and again you might start feeling resentful towards your partner and some consequences keep showing up and 
let's face it, we all prefer harmony and peace in our relationships. Well, at least most of us, I suppose. And we want the happily ever after. What we often don't realise is that relationships need to be cared for to preserve them. And it takes effort from both partners to make this work. Addressing issues before they escalate is something that is so difficult for many of us. Simply because we are often terrified of opening Pandora's box. Because, you know, one thing can lead to another and it can quickly turn into an ugly blame game. And I believe that is pretty much the worst path you can take. So how do you not fall into that trap? Well, when you have an issue you want to address, make sure that whatever you do, that you do not blame one another. I know how much easier it is to put the blame for a situation on someone else, but in the end it will lead you absolutely nowhere. And above all, it is anything but goal-oriented or constructive. On the contrary, you may win a battle or two, but you are at serious risk of losing the war. So choose your battles wisely. Instead, how about just trying a more constructive approach? And believe me, I know, I know how difficult it is when emotions are involved. And I'm the first to admit that sometimes you just need to vent and blow your top. Channel those emotions and just let them out. And we, we cannot always be controlled and disciplined. And that's absolutely okay. As long as you manage to then take a step back, take that deep breath and help your partner understand without blame and accusations and find a solution together. And be straightforward when you have an issue. Don't beat about around the bush or play games. That is just tedious. And be honest. This might sometimes be painful, but see, us at the, see this at, as the infamous ripping off the band-aid really quickly. Because more often than not, you have more to gain than you have to lose. Hurt me with the truth, but never comfort me with the lie. Anon. And ladies, I know that in most cases we want to talk about pretty much everything. And we often believe that everything is important. But trust me when I tell you, it is not. Because sometimes you just have to deal with things and not try to change the partner you fell in love with. Because if you want to change and train your partner, I recommend you to get a puppy. And gentlemen, take your partner seriously. Even if you find some of the issues not worth discussing, perhaps, well, give it a second thought and it might give you a better understanding of the person that you love. And again, Choose your battles wisely. Especially in long-term relationships, we tend to simply forget about rule number three. Don't take the other for granted, ever. This is really a huge mistake and one 
that at a certain point can even lead to losing your partner. I have said and even written it many times, and I deeply believe it to be true, that everyone essentially needs three things to be happy. And that is to be seen, to be heard, and to be recognized, or in cases of relationship, to be loved. And taking your partner for granted can make him or her feel like an object, like someone that just doesn't count and is simply useful. Interestingly, this is something that does not only occur in long-term relationships, but really often sneaks in very quietly and quickly if you don't watch out. And it starts with little habits and routines that make every day seem the same, a bit like Groundhog Day, and nothing could be worse. It becomes tiresome and can even become deadly boring. In summary, the killers in a relationship can be one, <clears throat> constantly repeating a routine, two, boredom, three, lack of interest in one another, four, not seeing the other as someone special, which they most certainly are, five, not listening to one another. I do realize that men and women speak different languages, but don't stop try <clears throat> trying to learn woman speak or man speak. And six, not hearing what your partner is saying. You might believe it is the same thing as, as listening, but I beg to differ. Listening is one thing and the first step to understanding. What is important, however, is the ability to really hear someone. Hearing the other person means taking in, understanding and processing what is being said. We all want to be special, especially to our partner and to the people we love and want to be loved by. There is little that feels worse than being taken for granted when all we want is to be seen as the unique individual, individual that we are. And of course, some relationships, and I know this is devastating, they're not meant to be forever. Because the happily ever after is more often than not a hopelessly romantic Hollywood story. Although they rarely show you the work that a healthy and happy relationship needs when the film ends. But honestly, it is okay as long as you tried your best. And even if it doesn't work out, treat the person you loved with kindness and respect. Sometimes the feelings just do not last through changes and personal development that we all go through in our lives. But the person you fell in love with is special. Otherwise, you would not have been attracted to one another in the first place. So why not give it your best shot and make sure that you show that you care and not take the one you love for granted, at least most of the time. Think about it and look at your relationships and your friendships and see what you can do to show that you care. As simple as the rules are and as simple as I like to keep the short explanations, if you do feel there is something missing, and I'm sure there's a lot more to be said, well, just let me know your thoughts.
and leave a comment or hit reply and talk to me. Well, I already mentioned routines in a relationship and mixing these up a little can be unbelievably beneficial for a relationship. So try rule number four. Spend quality time, be it date nights, holidays, etc. The everyday life with your partner and the routines can be something so wonderful. It's that reliability you have in a relationship and that warm, fuzzy feeling of coming home and, of course, knowing what you are coming home to. It is what makes you feel safe and secure. This security can quickly become tricky as, and you've heard this before, it can become boring and even frustrating after a while. Groundhog Day all over again. And one of the secrets is spending quality time together. And that's not always easy when you work a lot, have small children and have many other obligations. But come on, once in a while, you need to remember that you are not only mothers and fathers, hard workers, volunteers within your community or whatever, but the, that you are also a woman and a man with wants and needs that need to be and that should be addressed. And if you cannot do a spontaneous date night, a picnic, take a hike together or whatever else you enjoy doing together, then plan it, get a babysitter, put it in your calendar. That may not sound very romantic, but believe me, doing nothing is even less romantic. And just make it happen. Or mix up the daily routine and do something out of the ordinary. And it doesn't need to be costly, just thoughtful. For example, if you just prepare lunch for your partner, to take to work and spice it with a little love note. Just be creative. You know best what your partner loves. It can mean all the difference to sometimes just go that extra mile and, and show how much you care. Build some beautiful mem memories with the one you love. And sometimes it also helps to just go down memory lane and remember all the crazy things you were willing to do or maybe even did at the beginning of your relationship and just bring a bit of that craziness back. And this one is probably my, my favorite. Yes, I admit it. And it may not be the most important part of a relationship, but let's be honest, it is important nevertheless and can be so very enjoyable. Otherwise, we would not make such a hullabaloo about it. And as a tribute to the, to the absolute icon in music, Tina Turner, who passed away two days ago, I believe her song, Steamy Windows, is a perfect fit for rule number five. Make love as often as possible. Making love to the person you are in love with and that you love is probably one of the most satisfying experiences you can have with another person. As a side note, it's also rather beneficial for your health and well-being. Melting into one another, feeling so close you become one and forget everything around you. The smell of warm skin, 
a touching of lips. The taste of your lover is invigorating and is most certainly one of the things that help keep the relationship alive. Unfortunately, so many partners still do not dare to speak about sex because speaking about something so intimate requires trust and respect on both sides as well as a good portion of openness. And often relationships are even ended due to little, bad or even no sex. And I am sure there are people that are happy to live without it or have even accepted bad sex. But let's face it, life is much too short for bad or no sex. And I have been asked how much sex per week is normal. And I admit that the question made me laugh as, well, I have absolutely no idea. And also, I really do struggle with the label of what is considered normal in general. And when it comes to lovemaking, well, the frequency is dependent on so many factors. And at the beginning of most relationships, you usually cannot keep your fingers to yourselves and you are most likely a complete nuisance to a lot of people around you, showing off your infatuation constantly. After, well, more or less, three months, when the butterflies are not as active anymore, you will probably become, well, less of a nuisance to your environment. And with this, very often the frequency of your lovemaking will decrease, sometimes even significantly. And if both partners are okay with this, well, it's obviously not an issue. But if one partner is not, that might be the beginning of a problem that can actually be avoided. Communicate with your loved one and find common ground because there really is so much to gain. But as I mentioned, sex is not everything. And a life without it is possible, but well, simply not as much fun. And I know there can be circumstances when it is not possible anymore and a good and strong relationship can certainly cope with that. But I'm speaking about sexually active and able adults. And if you don't feel satisfied with your love life and are too shy to address your wishes or fantasies, which is interestingly enough often more difficult in a long-term relationship, why not try just gently showing your partner what you would like? Guide your partner and help to make him or her a better lover. And with that, well, yourself as well. You can try bringing some wonderfully scented oil or even some toys into the game. There is no limit to your imagination. And if there is something your partner does not like, well, always respect the boundaries. Albeit there is absolutely no harm, though, in, well, testing and sometimes even pushing these boundaries just a little. And you might be in for quite a pleasant surprise. So she thoroughly taught him that one cannot take pleasure without giving pleasure and that every gesture, every caress, every touch, every glance, every last bit of the body has its secret which brings happiness to the person who knows how to wake it. She taught him that after a celebration of love, the lovers should not part without admiring each other, without being conquered or having conquered, 
so that neither is bleak or glutted or has the bad feeling of being used or misused. Hermann Hesse, Citata. But always, always accept a no as a no and not as a maybe or an invitation to try harder. There are actually so many ways to spice up your love life. You just need to be a little creative. And again, try to remember how it was at the very beginning of your relationship when you could not get enough of one another. And here, also you can take that walk down memory lane with your loved one. The one thing you should avoid at all costs though is pressure. There are of course no guarantees that you can revive your love life if it has gone down or even away, but you will never know if you do not try. How much time do you want to spend with your partner? I believe that this essential question should be on the table from the very beginning, but in most cases, it's not. Most people really believe that these things will simply fall into place and, well, sometimes they do. But when you meet someone who wants to be with you 24-7 and for you once or twice a week is enough, you are not only in trouble or most likely not long-term compatible, well, except when you are willing to very much compromise. But no matter how much time you want to spend together, I believe rule number six is important. Leave each other enough space. And to leave one another enough space has many different aspects. What first comes to mind is, well, physical space. And this can be important as everyone needs alone time once in a while. It doesn't mean that your partner does not enjoy your company or loves you less. We are all different and have different needs. As always, and I hope I'm not boring you, but communication is crucial. But leaving each other enough space can also mean recreational space. You do not have to share all of your partner's hobbies or interests and, and, or even enjoy all of the same things. If your partner loves to play golf and you don't, then don't spoil it for him or her by making your loved one feel guilty. Find something else to do during that time. Don't force your partner to do things just because you think you have to spend more time together. It only becomes an issue if you have nothing in common and nothing you enjoy doing together. Well, but that's a whole different story, obviously. And then there is emotional space. And this, I believe, is the toughest one. We all have been in, situation, in a situation when the film in our head gets the better of us and what our head is suggesting suddenly feels terribly real. Most of the time we have a handle on ourselves, but once in a while, for example, that green-eyed monster of jealousy shows its ugly and destructive face. And cornering your loved one when you think something is wrong can be suffocating and overbearing. Approach your partner gently when you believe something is up and show that you are there without forcing your help on them. Funny how I keep coming back to the essential. Good communication. Perhaps it only needs that one rule. Hmm. But I think it's also important to find out what your partner needs. And it, of course, works both ways. So also what you need. 
and see where you have common ground and where you need to respect and accept boundaries. Does this all sound too simple? Well, perhaps it does, but in the end, I truly believe it is simple. We just make it so incredibly complicated with our expectations, hopes, and wishes. Do you sometimes see that older couple walking in a park or just down a street or sitting on a bench holding hands? And isn't that just such a beautiful thing to witness? And these are probably people who have understood rule number seven. Never stop kissing, holding hands and showing real affection. I've mentioned it before, but in the beginning of a relationship, in that honeymoon phase, you will most likely not be able to keep your hands to yourself and you have the urge to show that affection you feel almost constantly. And yes, I have also mentioned this before, but you will be an absolute nuisance to your environment. But what happens when the honeymoon phase is over? All of a sudden, those endearments that seem to come so naturally and felt essential become less important. That's actually normal and okay, because you cannot continue being a nuisance to others forever just as long as they don't cease altogether. Remember the time when you first met, when the butterflies were filling your insides, when it was so easy and normal to show the little endearments and the affection you have for, one, for the one you love? And it doesn't need to be all the time and not even every day, but it is so important for all of us to feel loved and cared for. And it does not always take big gestures. It is the little ones, that little kiss, taking your loved one's hand while walking, the way you look at your partner, or even just saying, I love you, now and again. Of course you think your partner knows, but it does feel so good to hear it once in a while. And you can even talk about what you need, and as always, find the common ground you have. Care as you like to be cared for, Give what you would like to receive. Keep your relationship alive and fresh. It's work and it's so worth it. I can't say when you'll get love or how you'll find it or even promise that you will. I can only say that you are worthy of it and that it's never too much to ask for it and that it's not crazy to fear you'll never have it again even though your fears are probably wrong. Love is our essential nutrient. Without it, life has little meaning. It is the best thing we have to give and the most valuable thing we receive. It's worthy of all the hullabaloo. Cheryl Strayed. And as my song of the week part, of course, from Tina Turner with Steamy Windows. I chose the song by an amazing singer. It's Rose Cousins, and the song is I Would Die For You. And if this is something you are capable of saying to another person, well, I'm guessing it's love. And unfortunately, there is no video to this song, which has beautiful lyrics. Um, so I couldn't share that with you. So I, here's the direct link to Spotify. 
And of course, both songs have been added to the Spotify playlist, which is just one click away. Like it, share it, or just listen to great music. And as my poem of the week, um, I chose another beautiful poem by E. E. Cummings, who lived from 1894 to 1962. And it's, I think, perfect for this this essay. And it's called, May I Feel, said he. May I feel, said he. I'll squeal, said she. Just once, said he. It's fun, said she. May I touch, said he. How much, said she. A lot, said he. Why not, said she. Let's go, said he. Not too far, said she. What's too far, said he. Where you are, said she. May I stay, said he. Which way, said she. Like this, said he. If you kiss, said she. May I move, said he. Is it love, said she. If you're willing, said he. But you're killing, said she. But it's life, said he. But your wife, said she. Now, said he. Ow, said she. Tip-top, said he. Don't stop, said she. Oh, no, said he. Go slow, said she. Come, said he. Ah, said she. You're divine, said he. You are mine, said she. And as an impression, well, this is a rather intimate view into my bedroom. And as you can see, I have the seven rules for a healthy relationship on my wall. So I'm always reminded of them and how important they are. Well, We're at the end and I hope you enjoyed this consolidation and see it maybe just as a little reminder that it isn't all that difficult to keep keep a relationship alive and fresh. I would love to hear your, your thoughts and please feel free to share this post, leave a heart if you like it or comment or hit reply. And of course, I wish you all a fabulous weekend and thank you for your time. Yours, Tanya.